0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: It's time for more 92.9 The Game tonight.
2: Let's keep it going now. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
1: Welcome back in 92.9 The Game tonight. Abe Gordon here talking to you until 10 o'clock. And a couple of things before we get into uh, a little bit more Falcons discussion. Just a a heads up, if uh, you somehow missed the news earlier, Trey Young has been named as an all-star replacement. Uh, This certainly comes uh, at an interesting time for the Atlanta Hawks as we head towards Thursday's 3 p.m. trade deadline. We're going to (laughs) dive. We're going to dive a little bit more into the Atlanta Hawks discussion in a couple of minutes at 8:20 because, boy, it is really tough to try and figure out what they're thinking and predict what they're doing. But we're going to try to dive into some of the equations, I guess. You see, the problem is Arthur Smith stole the word variables from all of us, and we can no longer use the term variables as an in inconsistent that we have to figure out. And uh, it really kills me because it was it was a strong play in my vocabulary when describing scenarios or situations. I liked it. And uh, he kind of stole it from us, and I don't know how to get it back, but we're going to work on that. Um, but we are going to talk Atlanta Hawks here in our next segment. But I want to continue because – We talked about what Raheem Morris said in his press conference, but he had a little bit of a different discussion when he sat down with Dukes and Bell. And Terry Fontenot also sat down with Dukes and Bell. We're going to hear from Terry Fontenot in our final hour, listen to some of his comments when he joined the boys there at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But uh, we start off with Raheem Morris, and I got two separate chunks for you. And one of them is kind of more team-focused, more player-focused where the franchise is headed. We'll get to that one in a moment, but this first chunk of Raheem Morris chatting with Duke and Bell, uh, look, they, they get into what it means for him to be here and kind of how he feels and some of the things he's trying to do uh, as the head coach here for the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, on the other side, we'll talk about what he
3: says here, but let's take a little listen. This is a celebration, man. And like, we've made this thing bigger than it is, right? We made this thing different. And, I want everybody to know we're in this thing together, right? It's not me against the media. It's not the media against me. It's out here. and It's about winning, and we want to win. We want to win for our community. We want to win for Atlanta, and we got some big. We got some big things we got to do. You talked about coming back
2: here, um, and now you get this opportunity. And I think Mike and I have said this. Listen, you get a job at, at 32, a head coaching job. It is completely different now, and in, in your experience, and you know, Super Bowl champion, and all the things you bring. And it's like, rah. I'm excited, and I'm telling Atlanta, like, we have to give Raheem Morris and this staff a chance to start fresh, right? That, that is the thing. And I think that question that Mike's talking about, it lingers because we've been here, and we all hurt, and we all went through that. But this is new, it's fresh, and this is your opportunity to, to build your staff and have your team.
3: The circumstances were different last time. Dukes, Mike, man, don't ask anybody for anything. It's our job to go earn it, right? Let's get this staff in place. Let's get him a chance to get with Terry and his staff. Let's get this group together. Let's get this team together. Every year you go in this league, it's going to be different. No matter what year it is, it is right. what it is, right? Let's embrace that, right? Let's embrace the things that we can embrace. Let's go out there and fight the fight that we can fight. And the only fight we can do every single day is getting better. A little birdie told me, you blew them away in the interview.
2: <laughs> what did you do? Because you were going up against all these other guys that we were talking about, the Bill Belichick's of the world and all these other guys. And I hear he blew us away. And I'm like, what? What did you say? And what what did you do? That Did you walk out of there and feel like, yeah,
3: I have the job. I know I've got this job. No, I mean, um, you go through that process and you present your best self. And that's all I can do. I can be the best version of Raheem Morris when I walked in that room. That's what I tried to do. And I wanted to go show a collaborative form of a guy that wanted to win a championship with you guys, right? And that's what I wanted to show. I wanted to be a people-first organization, the people-first run, and I wanted to show that. And I wanted to be collaborative with the guys that were in the room, collaborative with the guys that we're going to add to the room, and I wanted to let that show at the highest level. And when I walked out, you just felt like this is a group that you want to do it with. Mm. And that was important to me. Right. I was interviewing them just as much as they was interviewing me. And talking, I wanted to make sure I was done the right way. It just seems
4: like this team is poised right now. You're, we're getting at the right spot, but now to put your stamp on it. And, and what, now what do you expect from your players, by the way? What, what do you expect from your guys?
3: I just talked about the word. Everybody used the cool word culture, right? What does right. that really mean? Culture is really what's happening when you're not there, coach. Mm. What are your players doing? How are they representing the community? Mm. How are they representing themselves? You know, what do we bring back to the table? Like that that's what the real culture is when I'm not around that's who we are. That's what we got to be.
4: Is there any one lesson, one thing off the top of your head that says the biggest thing that's changed in you or you haven't changed is the circumstances have changed or the vision is still the same but now you fine-tuned
3: it? You better be changing every single day. You either get better or you get worse. And I think the fact that I was able to take the lessons from here being a big part of listening, part of Arthur's culture and what he brings. I think that was a huge part for me, right? Having to take that to the Rams, talking about listening and then taking some of the stuff from Sean McVay and the we might, we not, me might need mentality. Right. And and really it all boils back to what Arthur said in the beginning. It's people first.
1: You know, when you hear from Raheem Morris and you hear those sorts of comments, it, it – Look, there's 32 head coaching jobs in the NFL, but it sounds, it feels like if he could handpick one, it would be this one. And, you know, is that because of Arthur Blank and the relationship he's built there? Probably, yeah. Uh, And I know he's talked about uh, his time here in Atlanta, what it means to be here in Atlanta, Um, you know, head, head coach along with Terry Fontenot, stuff like that. But I just... You listen to that, and it makes you feel good. And again, I think there's a lot of head coaches that are going to say the right things in press conferences. I'm trying to avoid becoming a sucker in regards to being optimistic for the wrong reasons and, you know, just just falling prey to what guys say. But But it sounded to me like it's a little bit different than this is just one of the 32 jobs we can have, and I'm excited to have it. It just sounds different to me for Raheem. And again, this was hours after his press conference when he sat down with Dukes and Bell. He had had time to come off of the high of that introduction and have a little bit more intimate conversation. And I appreciate, Dukes and Bell, what they were able to get out of him. That was about getting the job and what he hopes to build here, stuff like that. But, Raheem also had some interesting comments on what he is walking into. Raheem Morris uh, also speaking about finding uh, some of the right pieces to go, uh, finding the right offense to fit some of the pieces they have here.
4: We talked about uh, you know your experience and going to the Rams, and we said, look, if there was an offer, whoever our coach was going to be, there were a couple of coaching trees I'd like to steal some from, and the guys were bringing in your approach, what you saw in the Rams, Well, what do you think we're going to look like offensive? I know we're going to get the QB, that's a big piece, but your philosophy.
3: You know, the funny part about the whole thing is like, it's not looking like the Rams. It's not right. necessarily looking like we looked in Atlanta when we won in 2016. Right? it's looking like what best fits us right what terry has been a part of building what the people mm-hmm. have been a part of building that have been here like let's build on that like quinnys said this all the time to you guys like i'm interested in you telling me what people can do not what they can't right so let's get out there and find a way to find out what people can do let's find out what we look like what's our best personnel group and how do we get on the field and play with t- timing tempo and rhythm and routine and be able to go out there and do that thing at a consistent basis at a high level like I get so fired up talking about this stuff because of the stuff that we've learned over the years and mm. the things that we've been a part of and being on both sides of the ball, man. I can't wait, right? And let's you've get... been on both sides of the ball too, C- right. which is
4: a big selling point with that when you interviewed.
3: Let's let's get in the lab mm. and let's 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 figure out what we do best and let's go do it. You did a hell of a job
2: with the Rams defense. Huh? Appreciate that. Hey. Nobody can name like half the guys on that defense to start the season. And you guys turn that into, again, that gets back to what can we do, right? What what guys can play?
3: And I always say, can they play? Like, can these guys play or not? That gets back to our mentality, right? It, It really does, right? Last year, it wasn't about the expectation that anybody set for us. It wasn't about the roles that anybody put on our guys, right? Those guys went out, accepted their role. They did it at a high level, and they got us into position to go out there and get the ultimate goal, right? We didn't finish the deal, right? Mm-hmm. We couldn't finish the deal. We didn't finish it, right? Whatever the case may be, but I am so proud of that group. And that's the type of effort, the energy, the enthusiasm, the edge that I want to instill in our group because we can do it. Why? Somebody has to win. Why not us? We said earlier to Terry, there's a lot of things that are
4: really happening with this team. You, know, you can, Some other teams are in the league, you got a lot. You don't have a great running back. You don't have these skilled position guys, a big safety like a pro bowler like Jesse Bates. you got a lot of pieces to play with.
3: You know, what happens at the time is supposed to happen, right? Mm-hmm. That, that when, when you upset yourself is when you think you should get something, you deserve something that you didn't get yet, right? It happens when it's supposed to happen. I'm going to be the same person every day. Like, you know, Sean McVay talked about this, right? I set out an intentional way, how I'm going to plan my day, and how I'm going to come into the building every single day. And that's all I can do. That's the part I can control. Like, let's control the controllables, and now we got some pieces that we can control. How excited can you be?
1: You know, it's interesting that everyone held Raheem Morris's record as a head coach against him 15 years ago, 12 years ago, whatever the number was. I just – I understand, like, mild hesitation there, but if you can't understand the difference in situation being one, but also the way a man matures over the course of a decade coaching alongside some of the game's best, and you could criticize me for saying that. I know some of that time was spent with Dan Quinn right here. Apologies. But, Coaching alongside Sean McVay, who I do consider one of the best head coaches in the NFL, it has to rub off on a guy the right way. And that's part of the reason that I'm excited. I mean, you look at the coaches that are – it look, maybe I just am ignorant to the, the entire coaching tree. We only speak of a coaching tree when a coach does well. Like, how many guys from the Shanahan coaching tree or the McVay coaching tree have just totally bombed out? I don't know if there's that many. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if there's that many, and I think Raheem Morris. And, by the way, also Zach Robinson is involved in this. I told you guys about my excitement for him as well. So, uh, there you hear it from Raheem Morris. Look, he's excited about being part of the Falcons franchise, but he's also excited about what he's got to build with here. He's got some good pieces on both sides of the ball, and it is his task now to not only improve them, but get the best out of them and uh, make this team a contender, win the NFC South. That is goal one for year one. All right, when we come back here, again, it's Abe Gordon here hosting nine The Game tonight. When we come back, the Atlanta Hawks. 43 hours from the trade deadline And I still have no idea what they're trying to do. We're going to try and figure it out, though, on the other side here in about five minutes. It is Sports Radio 929 The Game tonight coming to you live from the Kia Studios right here on Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey app. Call from mom.
2: Answer it. Call
5: silenced.
0: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Hey, let's get this out of the way first. And, and again, welcome back to the show. It's Abe Gordon here Taking you all the way to ten o'clock. Already had a number of good comments on Twitter, but if you want to get involved as well, feel free to do so at Abe Gordon on uh, the Twitter or the X or whatever you want to call it. Uh, feel free uh, feel free to join the party there. Uh, Trey Young, if you somehow weren't listening the last couple hours, maybe it just in and out timing didn't work out. Trey Young has been named as an Eastern Conference All-Star. Uh, Julius Randle and Joel Embiid are out injured. We knew there would be two roles coming up. I was pretty sure, question mark, that Trey would be selected for one of those two by Commissioner Adam Silver. Uh, and lo and behold, uh, along with uh who was it? Scotty Nelson? Scotty, Scotty, someone. Uh, uh, Scotty Barnes. I was like, Scotty Nelson don't sound right. Who is Scotty Nelson? Is there a Scotty Nelson? Yeah, didn't he play uh, Villanova? Is that who I'm thinking of? I don't you
5: think of the Villanova guy. Either
1: way, Scotty Barnes uh, and Trey Young are your all-star replacements. Uh, so, look, th- this was something we all kind of expected. It, it was something that Trey reportedly had turned down in the past, but uh, some-, some strong comments uh, earlier over the weekend about um, – you know that, that that this representation is not just about him there are others and he sent a nice message out to the fans as well so Trey Young is an injury placement courtesy of Adam Silver for the All-Star game do we know by the way Oren is the three point shootout are the contestants fully locked in like is there a chance that Trey Young could could participate i don't know if uh I saw a couple names. Obviously, uh, Steph Curry and Sabrina Ionescu are going to have their thing, Uh, and then uh, Jalen Brown is it? Jalen Brown is going to compete in the slam dunk contest. A little bit of uh, star power to an event. Uh, Look, I mean, is he going to lose to Mac McClung?
5: Like, is that that the discussion? I wish. Does Mac does Mac get a free pass back because he won last year? Yeah, Mac's competing. Okay, Mac is competing in the slam dunk contest. Mac was a A breath of fresh air last year. Was he?
1: I think yeah. Jalen Brown being an NBA superstar, uh, is, is a breath of fresh air. But, but but anyways there
5: was the unexpected factor from Mac last year where you didn't I know don't who this know. kid was. Like, and then Mac was I'm not Mac was the first of the viral the viral video guys, the viral video dunkers. Sure. To kind of but reach it's not that unexpected. next plateau and now, hit the NBA dunk contest. No,
1: it's not unexpected. It wasn't. I like. I I could have told you he's the best dunker there. I picked him to win too.
5: Right. So it's not unexpected. By the way, uh, so far we have Tyrese Halliburton, Dame, Jalen Brunson, Larry Markkinen, and Malik Beasley are the commitments for the three point contest. So there might be a spot or two open with the possibility open. of more entrants to come.
1: Yeah, there might there might be a spot for Trey Young there. I'd like to see him. By the way, especially the way he's been shooting recently because he's been tearing it up. Eastern Conference Player of the Week. He was also. Uh, named uh, earlier in the day as well. So a lot of good news for Trey Young. Some interesting times, though, for the Atlanta Hawks, and it- it's been a wild ride to get here I- in a sense because I cannot believe we've gotten to within two days of the trade deadline. We haven't made moves, and ultimately, I'm not entirely sure they're going to make moves. And, and you find yourselves in a weird situation where you've won four of your last five, including a four-game win streak. You lost the game last night to the Clippers, but ultimately you actually played pretty well. And the situation where you got one more game before the trade deadline, that's at Boston, who they have been outstanding at home this season. The best you can do getting to the trade deadline is five games under 500, which is abysmal and pathetic. But is it also enough to stand pat? Has has what we've seen the last week and change paired with potentially what we could see tomorrow, would that be enough? It's really interesting to try and gauge the momentum. You know, I was at a Hawks watch party a couple of weeks ago with Andy Bunker and Randy McMichael. And by the way, there's another Hawks watch party Tomorrow night for this game against the Celtics. With bench warmers
5: and stop That's
1: right. So you can go check that out. Andy Bunker. There you go. Uh, unfortunately, I will not be able to join him for this one. I will be at my customary Wednesday trivia night where we look to repeat as champs or, or I don't know. We may have finished third last week. I don't know. Uh, who knows? But look, I was at that watch party a couple weeks ago. It, it, was, it was like the first time they had won three straight all season. That's what it felt like. But then they turned around and lost a bunch in a row. And so they're playing well right now. Is this what they are? Have they finally figured it out under Quinn Snyder? It's tough to answer. How much does this game tomorrow help decide their path forward? I'll be honest. It shouldn't help them at all. You should have decided long ago whether or not you were moving pieces or you were standing pat. But here we are, 45, 44 and a half hours from the trade deadline, whatever the number is, 43 and a half. And I don't know. Now, I think a move to stand pat, which would mean no move at all, I think that tells equally as big a story as if you started getting rid of pieces and gutting his team. I mean, if the Hawks decide not to do anything, what does that tell you? It tells me potentially two things. One, it tells me maybe they were asking too much for the pieces they have. Look, if you're going to try and move DeJounte Murray, you want to attempt to get the value you gave up for him back. I don't think that's realistic, but I don't blame them for having a high asking price. But if you do nothing, you're telling me that at potentially five, or if you lose, what, seven games below 500, if you lose to the Celtics, what you would be telling me is that you think you have the core in place right now. I don't know how that can be the logical conclusion. I don't care that you've played well in four of your last five. Or even if you go to Boston and win five of your last six. If you keep the core in place, let it be known that's not going to impact this season. Not in my opinion. I mean, I, I, I thought of this earlier, but I was just honestly too lazy to do the research. I don't know the last team that was below 500, five games below 500 at the trade deadline and made a serious run in the playoffs. I'm sure it's happened. I can't imagine it's happened much. So... If you stand Pat, let it be known. That's a move for the future. It's not a move to save this season. I think you could have hopes that, I don't know, a a, a flip gets switched. And maybe you find some sort of magic like you did a couple years ago in the playoffs, but the way you're trending now, because you played a couple good games in a row against a couple of good teams, ultimately... I still don't believe this is the core moving forward.
5: And so I'm waiting to see what they do. Is winning right now the worst worst thing possible for the Hawks? Continuing to win. If they stretch this thing out, it was what they would have lost last night, but let's say they win tomorrow night. Or they sweep all three of these games on this road trip, and that would be, what, seven of their last eight. Is winning seven of their last eight the worst thing possible for this team?
1: Well, but again, this goes back to how you feel about the core they currently have assembled. If Landry Fields and Quinn Snyder have seen enough in the past week and a half that they believe they could continue to build with these guys, continue to get these guys to improve, maybe find a way to keep DeAndre Hunter healthy, is this a team that down the road with a couple of minor Fringe moves in the offseason can be significantly better. I, I just have a hard stretch, hard time believing like a 10-game stretch tells you that. That's what the problem I have right now, too, is that... What the win- they're doing now would have, if I were the GM, what they're doing now would have zero impact on my decision-making.
5: None. It kind of locks them into a position right now winning that, getting to the Eastern Conference Finals a few years back different them too, where it it puts you in a position or it allows you to feel that you're in a position that you're not. Now, I think the Eastern Conference Finals, they thought they were further along just because they believed in the core, but I think now winning does the no, opposite. See, now.
1: I'll, tell you why, I'll tell you why it's a bad comparison, and I'm not trying to be rude. One was about the player development and if you thought they had taken those steps. This is not about developing these players. This is about whether these guys fit. Trey is fully developed. He can improve a little bit, sure. DeJounte is fully developed. This is not about them growing into the best version of themselves as individuals. This is about whether they fit. And we've seen 80-something games that tell me I'm not so sure. It will be 80 with Quinn Snyder is what I'm referring to. 20 last year and then... We're closing up on 50 this year by, by the time, you know, whatever. By the time you hit the all-star break, maybe you're up to 75. I mean, you're at nearly a full season, whatever the numbers are. The other thing is, if you're going to move players, it's, a, it, it's fully open. The bar is stocked. Everything is available, even if that includes Jalen Johnson. I, I don't think it would include Trey Young, but if you're looking to move, there is no half rebuild here. There is no, some guys can go and we'll, we'll kind of get some replacements and some guys can stay. Like, I, I just don't think there's a half rebuild. It, it's, it's either you pick DeJounte or you pick Trey and you kind of flush out everything. I think there's some guys maybe that don't get moved, but that doesn't mean they're not available. I think you're waiting to see what the price is. The other thing about this is no one's done anything, like the whole league. We we had the big move from Toronto to Indianapolis, to Indiana a, a couple weeks ago. We've had a, a little bit of small fringe maneuvers. I, I, I mean, Kyle Lowry got bumped. Like, well, that, no one's I,
5: doing anything. I don't think. I think they got a someone's major. Gotta piece. Someone's got to be the first. Yeah, I think someone's got to be the first. Someone of a major piece. Uh, it's but I, I guess you could argue too that like guys like. Scary Terry and Og Ananobi, they fit in well to the places that they're going. So while they might be a minor piece, it's a a major compliment, I guess, to where where they're playing right well, now. Look, team ro- Role
1: players could be major additions, and I think ultimately that's what needs to benefit the Atlanta Hawks right now. I love Bogdan Bogdanovich. I do. I think he's outstanding, but he is a valuable piece that could be moved to the right team. And bring you something.
5: An expiring deal, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, well, contract. no, it's,
1: it's not expiring, it's, it, but it's a nice, friendly team deal. Because I think he signed an extension a couple years ago, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, and so, for me, like, that's one of the pieces. Like, again, I'm not starting to move, guys, unless I'm moving DeJounte. Like, if you're going to move DeJounte, that means you're moving on. I'm not sure there's value right now in parting with Bogey or parting with Jalen. Johnson, but not DeJounte Murray. And so I'll be honest, guys, like I, I, I really don't have a lean. Like I've said, I don't think that playing well in five straight games should be a reason that you just keep guys. I really don't feel that way. But we're also a day and a half away from the trade deadline, and I don't know who might be moving, not just for Atlanta, but across the league. And I think we're just waiting for floodgates to open for one team. And I'm, if I'm, I had to guess, I would think that would find a way to be the Lakers. But don't be surprised if Philly finds a way to make some serious noise. Obviously, the Joel Embiid injury. They won't say it's season-ending, but it could be. I'm waiting to see if they want to take a run at someone. And you know, maybe if that someone is on Atlanta. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that. But I'm really interested in the next day and a half because I really don't know what this team is doing what they're thinking and uh, ultimately when we get to 3 p.m. on Thursday we will find out uh, once again Duke Sabell gets the little rush of news there right before the trade deadline all right when we come back here I don't want to go too deep into the Falcons I want to look at some of the other jobs that have been accepted by head coaches in the NFL what is success across the league for the new head coaches we're going to dive into that here. It is 929 The Game tonight. I'm your host, Abe Gordon, coming to you live from the Kia Studios in about five minutes when we come back. What is success for the NFL's new hires? It is Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey app. Welcome back in nine. the game tonight here live from the Kia studios on a Tuesday evening. My only show this week, I've got Atlanta United over the weekend, the pregame and postgame, along with Garrett Chapman for a game against the Tampa Bay Rowdies started working on my rundown and notes for that earlier today. Uh, and then I got a pre Super Bowl, pre, pre, pregame show Uh Westwood One's got a long pregame show, but I will be back on Sunday afternoon. I think it's from 1 to 2 uh, there on Sunday. So a little one-hour sprint for you. Uh, the apTL show will be on Sunday afternoon. So uh, you got Chris Thomas coming your way a couple of times this week. Chris will be uh, hosting nine The Game tonight on Thursday. And then filling in for Carl Dukes, I believe, on Friday. And, Orrin, you can visit the guys at Twin Peaks Buckhead on Friday. Is that correct?
5: No, I'll be in studio while they'll not be doing you. the show.
1: Not you, the, the, the listeners.
5: Oh, I thought you said Orin. You can visit. Well, I was Orin, looking for you confirmation
1: that that's where they were going to be. No, yes, I know you. The can't listeners
5: visit can go them. see them at Twin Peaks Buckhead on Friday. Orin will not be going there. You won't see Orin there, listeners. No, I'm sorry. no,
1: Orin will not be there. Uh,
5: My beautiful smiling but, face. But Mike Bell
1: and Chris Thomas will be at Twin Peaks Buckhead on uh, Friday, so you can go and check them out there from 2 to 6.30, I believe, because you got a Hawks game that night. So, uh, okay. So, what is success for the new hires in the NFL? And I kind of broken it down in two ways. Like, what is immediate success? And by which I mean year one. And then what is success down the road, uh, near the end of their first contract? So, we'll say year three and four, where if things go well, what they're supposed to be. And, And... I'll run by Raheem Morris's real quick in, in my mind. I've got a lot more on what is success in year one for Raheem Morris uh, over the next couple of weeks as we lead towards free agency in the draft. Because I do think success in year one might be different depending on who your quarterback is. We'll have to dive into that. But overall, just real quick for Raheem Morris, success in year one is winning the NFC South. Success in year three and four is legitimate NFC contender or Super Bowl appearance slash Super Bowl victory. I think that's the path that he needs to be on, and so we'll find that out. We'll talk through that more, but let's go through the other head coaches. Uh, Let's start, and it looks like I listed this in alphabetical order, so don't take any offense if your team is third or last or if you're first, whatever, Uh, just, just alphabetical order. Here we go. What a success in year one for Jim Harbaugh and the Los Angeles Chargers, AFC contender. They need to be in the discussion for the number one seed and in the discussion to be the AFC champion. In year three or four for Jim Harbaugh, if he doesn't have at least one Super Bowl, I don't know how big of a success we could call him. It's a harsh reality of being Jim Harbaugh and picking the gig you want. But I think if he doesn't have one Super Bowl win in the next four years, I don't know if I can call his regime successful. So, AFC contender in year one, one Super Bowl by year three or four. How about Dan Quinn? DQ had the audience riled up yesterday in, in Washington. Don't worry, Orrin. I'm not going to have you play that bleeped-out nonsense. He wrote a line he thought would be cute. But there
0: is nothing I I enjoy more than doing hard with good
3: people.
1: Hard blank with good people. Boy, you take that out of context every once in a while, that that can get you in trouble. Uh, Dan Quinn, what is success in year one? Make progress towards finding the quarterback that that franchise can have for a multi-year period. It ain't Sam Howell. I think we know that the same way we know it's not Desmond Ritter here. And so, I think that is step one. I mean, obviously that's step one here as well, but I think it's also realistic to win the division for Raheem Morris in year one. I don't think it's realistic to have the commanders winning the division. But in year three or four, can you be an NFC uh, East contender? You're going to have to compete with the Cowboys and with the Eagles. you got to be on par with them. I don't know if that makes you an NFC contender or not. Uh, for the Panthers, Dave Canales. I, I think, honestly, success in year one is just making Bryce Young a viable option at quarterback. I mean, you might be facing a two-and-done, a, a two-and-barbecue two for Bryce Young if he doesn't have some serious improvements this season. Uh, And then in year three or four, be a clear favorite in the NFC South. Obviously, we hope that doesn't happen, right? We want Raheem Morris to be the clear favorite in the NFC South. Uh, For the Patriots, Gerard Mayo, what is the goal for year one? What is success? Find and develop the quarterback of the future, and then down the road, knock off the Jets, knock off the Bills, knock off the Dolphins, be a clear favorite again in the AFC East. For Antonio Pierce, compete for the NFC West. In four years, you need to be in discussion to be a one seed and an AFC contender. For Mike McDonald, compete for the NFC West and be in discussion to be an NFC contender. And then for the Titans, Brian Callahan, compete for the AFC South in year one, and then also find ways to get Will Levis a little bit more settled in. I'm still not sure he is the franchise quarterback that they need coming off of Ryan Tannehill. I I don't know. I I need to see more from him. Obviously, we saw what he did against the Atlanta defense, but I'm not so sure that he's he's it. And then in a couple years, you need to be an AFC contender. And I think that makes sense. A lot of this is about contending in year three or four. You don't have to contend immediately, not even here in Atlanta. I think you got to find a quarterback, though. And if you do, your timeline speeds up because winning the NFC South in year one, if you have a quality quarterback, is going to happen. By the way, I'm getting a lot of tweets today about people who are angry that the Atlanta fan base and the Atlanta media and coaches across the NFL and whatever are are heaping praise on Raheem Morris and his introductory press conference. I, I'm a little confused by the negative reaction on that. Do you, do you want someone that everyone across the league hates? Like, do you want someone that no one believes can do it? Do you want someone everyone has low opinions of? Like, how does that make sense? How are you? I, look, I can get mad real easily about a lot of things. I think you guys hear that over the course of my shows. Sometimes I get mad about stuff that's totally irrelevant, like leaving out Kyle Pitts' name when talking about playmakers on the offense. But in what world does anyone flip their heads at the idea that Raheem Morris is getting praise and people are excited and energetic? Uh, What's your point here? How can you condemn this guy as a bad coach before he's coached? Look, I don't think anyone's out here saying this is going to work. There's no risk. that No one said that. Like We've all said since the beginning, since before Raheem was hired, that this is about the quarterback. And if Raheem Morris gets the quarterback right, you know what? Falcons are going to be a winning franchise for a number of years. And you know what? Raheem Morris, no matter how good a coach he is, if he gets the quarterback wrong, You're probably sitting here again in three years, four years. I I mean, it's total nonsense to bury this guy before he's made his first personnel decision and before he's coached his first game. I'm not even, I mean, look, I respond to more people on Twitter or X than I probably should. Like, I've made mention of this before. There's definitely like a troll level where you say something and I just can't avoid I can't escape it like I might even look and see that your name is a name followed by a bunch of numbers I might see that you don't have a real photo I might even see that your follower count is like eight and I still respond like I feel the need to defend sometimes I don't know why uh, but I'm going to avoid it in this scenario. I- I'm just I- – I think I'm done trying to explain why I'm not mad that I- I'm excited and Raheem Morris had an energetic press conference. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm also going to crush him all the same if the team's 1-6. Like, because I got excited now doesn't mean come week one I'm raring to go and believe everything's going to be okay. I I mean, look, I talked about this a couple weeks ago. I I, I came as close as probably could be to making a bet. But if Raheem Morris comes out there and says, we're going to ride with Desmond Ritter as our quarterback one, am I going to question some things? Am I going to criticize? Yeah. At that point, I'll have some concerns. But right now, when they're still setting up the office, come on. Let's support our guy. What are we doing? I I mean, I went on and on about his press conference earlier. A couple of small things that made me do a little double take. I wouldn't even call them bad comments. Just they made me raise my eyebrow. Even with that, I'm I'm not trying to run this guy out of town before he makes his first hire or coaches his first game. Calls his first time out. You guys have no fun, man. I I don't get it. I I really don't. I'm as optimistic as can be. They still got a lot of work to do. There's no denying that. They got to get it right. But if the fact that people are complimenting the new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons around the NFL bothers you, I got nothing for you, man. I got nothing. Take that, take that, ish somewhere else, cause I ain't responded to it. All right, two hours down, one hour left to go. When we come back, we're gonna go outside the perimeter. Also, want a chance to hear from Terry Fontenot a little bit later. He sat down with Duke and Bell yesterday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and gonna get dive into some of his comments as well. The end of the hour. It is the Super Bowl week. We don't want to ignore that as well. So, a lot still to get to here on 92.9 The Game tonight. I'm your host, Abe Gordon, coming to you live from the Kia Studios. Feel free to follow me on Twitter, but only send me tweets and posts. If you're going to be positive, come on. Let's give this guy a chance to win here. What are you guys doing? Uh, Coming to you live. It is 92.9 The Game tonight right here. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app.